Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Get Real for Real for Real. Um, it's been a while, like a, I'd say what three weeks, and um, I, you know, I keep thinking to myself like I should definitely try to make this more consistent. You know, when you start new things and you're really excited about them for like the first month or so, and then it just kind of dies out, and that's why I, I the, the majority of things that people start like just they never follow through on and that's happened to every single fan fiction story that I've ever tried to write um and I I really don't want that to happen to this I'm trying to think like how can I be more consistent about this um but you know I think the reason sometimes it's a little hard to um think of not to think of things to say not necessarily because there aren't things to say but just because there's so much going on that my brain and my like soul is taking time to process it, um, in a, and I guess in a quieter manner. Um, these past three weeks have been really, really interesting. Um, I feel like I always say that, but that's because it's so true. I had realized, um, I had come to the realization (laughs) that I had not been handling my recent breakup as well as I thought. And I think, and it culminated in a, in a bunch of very disconcerting episodes for me to come to this realization. And I think I've just been like processing it for the past couple of weeks. Um, I had this uh, moment a few weeks back um, where I just had this really disassociative moment in therapy. Came out of nowhere, shocked me, shocked my therapist. Um, we got through it. It's cool. And doing some reflection on that, I came to the realization that, you know, for it's been three months since, uh, as of, as of now, it's been three months, maybe actually three months to the day, quite possibly. And, um, almost. And, and I thought I'd been doing great. (laughs) Like, you know, like everyone, everyone told me like oh you're handling this really well my therapist like yeah I had my moments with her but she was like you're handling this really well you know like especially comparatively to your past um uh relationships and I thought I was handling it really well but it turns out you guys that I yes was handling it very well but I was also at the time slightly disassociated and I had started self-medicating. And it wasn't a self-medication that was serious enough for one to be a, cons- a like a concern concern. It was just one where I noticed like, oh, like I am using something that I normally wouldn't or I'm doing it more often than I normally would. And I didn't want to tell my therapist about it. <laughs> so when I um, and I did that for like, what, a month or two. And I came to this realization a few weeks ago, um, and I realized, like, oh, interesting. <laughs> Let's not do that again. Yeah. Um, it made me realize that, like, I had been spending uh, the past few months separating myself from really confronting my feelings about my breakup and realizing that I didn't. The reason why I did that subconsciously is because I didn't know how to feel safe 
emotionally with myself. Like, like this is how emotions have gone for me throughout my life, okay? Is like, I, I, since I was eight years old, okay, I remember feeling very depressed. Say like from eight to like 18 and then on and off again to like 27, 28. And so during those times, so my primary adolescent years, I grew up teaching myself not to feel anything. Um, so I never learned how to handle having any kind of emotion because I would just bury it um, until I didn't feel anything at all. Growing up in my family, uh, my family is composed of many traumatized individuals <laughs> um, who never got therapy and therefore stayed stuck in their trauma um, throughout that, that actually, I would say, um, a lot, many of them are still very much in. And, um, I grew up with a mom who did her best, but was trapped in a marriage that she hated and that was verbally and emotionally abusive. And so she would just have these she would just be angry all the time and have these outbursts. And then if I showed emotion, then the backlash from not just her, but like the rest of my family, because they, my mom lashes out the rest of my family, like, um, are, are mean. (laughs) Like when my mom gets mad and upset about something, she like has a temper tantrum basically and will scream and then she'll just sulk the rest of my family like my sisters my dad like if they're upset about something my dad will get sad I think but my and sulk and then the my sisters will just be mean so it wasn't a very emotionally safe place to grow up in and I emotionally responded by like just retreating into myself and pushing everyone away. Um, and then as an adult, uh, when I went through my first major heartbreak, and then my second, and then my third, and many the many traumatic events that happened in my 20s, um, I didn't know how to handle it. I was also someone who was traumatized and getting re-traumatized and then traumatized in new ways. I didn't have a support system And emotionally speaking, I was just a fucking wreck, like a wreck that I could not contain. I could not contain it. Um, This is like 2015. The people at my work used to call me sadness after the character in Inside Out. And when I was a kid and depressed, I used to self-harm. As an adult who was um, a traumatized adult who was, like, trying to navigate these feelings of fucking heartbreak and despair and realizing that I don't love myself or like myself and that my life is a fucking lie. Um, I engaged in really harmful behaviors um, sexually and with drugs and alcohol. Um <laughs> 
I created some very strong memories for some people. <laughs> and I ruined a few relationships that have healed now, but will never be the same. And I definitely learned how badly that I can treat myself. And it was a really rough time. And obviously, like, obviously I'm very different now, as in I've healed a lot, I've grown, I've learned, I've, um, I've forgiven, um, I'm much more kinder and much more compassionate, and I actively believe that I am worthy Whereas back then, I used to believe that maybe I was meant to suffer because that was my karma and that was something I deserved to do, to, to be. Um, and this is the first time, this breakup, this is the first time since that time, since I've grown to this place, that I've had to deal with a serious emotional event. And I realized um, that I didn't know how to do that in a safe manner. It's not that I didn't know how to do it in a safe manner. I didn't trust myself to do it in a safe manner. The only places I have allowed myself to really sit in my emotions is when I'm in therapy, which I only go to every other week. And even then, that's it's something that like my therapist has to like walk me through. Um, and the only other times... Other than that, where I feel emotional or, or experience something very deep is when I am under the influence of shrooms, which I use medicinally and spiritually, um, not as a party drug, but as a way to learn and be in contact with my soul. And I told my therapist this and she was like, it's usually the opposite, you know, like usually people feel like they trust themselves when they're sober, <laughs> not the other way around. And, and isn't that like so interesting where it ha I had, I had gotten to the point in my life at some point in my, many points in my life where I realized that like when I'm emotional, when I'm feeling a lot of deep, intense emotions, the only way I've learned I've been able to handle them in the past is by doing self-harm. And so I didn't, or harming others somehow. And I didn't know, I didn't know if I could trust myself to handle it in any other way. So I realized, and, and in this case, you know, like I said, that is what I, I self-medicated. Um, without even realizing that that's what I was doing. And it's interesting when I, when I expressed this to my therapist, she said she was like also surprised because she was like, she had not seen any indication that that was something that I had been doing. I had not seen any indication. My friends hadn't, no one did. And it's because I, I guess when I, um, separate like disassociate sadness like I just get really fucking happy <laughs> I suppose um or really positive and because like the thing is is like about me as a person and about this breakup was that I saw so much love and 
um, positivity from it. If you've listened to any of these previous podcasts, you would know that. And as a result, sometimes, I don't know if anyone ever experiences this. And we've talked previously about what toxic positivity is. This isn't so much toxic positivity. It's just more like, I don't know how to leave room for feeling sad, except in certain moments. And as a result, maybe that part of me just gets a little ignored for a while. And it will manifest itself some way, but not always in the way it should be, if that makes sense. In this case, it manifests itself in my therapy session, in my disassociative event, and which is, you know, I'm very thankful for the way my brain works is like, I, I do know that when I avoid something, when I'm do, acting something in that way, like in my subconscious is avoiding something, it will come out in some way or manner soon when it's time, when I am consciously ready to, ready to handle it. Um, and that was a few weeks ago, me realizing all of this. And since then, I've been working on figuring out how to trust myself again. I'm not an untrustworthy person when it comes to handling my own emotions. It's just a matter of learning that I'm a trustworthy person. This is part of the whole journey of self-love and it's so interesting how the brain works and how the spirit works and how there are all these different parts of you that arise And if you guys know anything about part work or family integration or therapy or anything like that, you would know what I mean. But but those times when you feel defensive, those times when you feel um, lonely, triggered, sad, angry, happy, like all of our emotions are tied into previous memories and attachments that are tied to that emotion. And these and so like subconsciously right so subconsciously all of these parts are there and they formulated at some point in your life at a specific event and when anything happens to remind your subconscious mind of that event these parts will come up and it's your conscious responsibility to purposefully make the effort to reintegrate these parts into you as who you are now and treat yourself with love and kindness and treat them with love and kindness in return. So that's um, what I've been trying to process for the past few weeks, which I maybe maybe that's also why like I just didn't feel ready to, to post an episode because I was in the middle of my own processing of something like quite serious. But I had a beautiful experience the other night that made me really realize that I can trust myself, which is huge because this is something I've struggled with my whole life is trusting myself, trusting my gut, trusting my knowledge, trusting my um, confidence, trusting my intelligence, trusting like my, my decisions, trusting my intuition. Like I've always had, I always doubt those things, even though I have all the reason to be confident in them. And I just had this great experience the other day where I finally really fully realized 
that I am actually the safest person in the room for myself. I am the safest person in the room because every decision I've ever made, whether it was harmful at the time or whether it was done in an effort to protect myself, even if it resulted in things that would be self-harm, or the choices that I made consciously and subconsciously, they all got me to where I am right now. I'm very grateful for who I am right now and where I'm at and where I'm going to be and the pathway that I'm on and the perspective that I am coming from. And they and I wouldn't have any of this if it wasn't for every single thing that I went through, that I did, that I decided in my life. And I am home base. I am home base. I am home. When things are fucking crazy, when things are not okay, when things are upsetting, when things are sad, when things are not the way I wanted them to be, I will still be here. I will still be the most constant thing in my life. And in the end, it's not about being alone and it's not about being independent. It's about knowing that you're your own best friend, that you're the one who loves yourself the most out of anybody in the world. Not because other people love you less, but because you love yourself just as much. That you love yourself unconditionally and that you will always be a safe place. Oh my God, that still fucking blows my mind. <laughs> um, um, it, it really does. Um, I know that, you know, this whole thing has been about self-love. This whole podcast has been about self-love. My whole journey is about self-love. And I, and I preach it. I carry it. It is, it is what I try to emulate. It is what I try to model. But, you know, it's always a journey. There is no such thing as being complete. And there are still things that I still, while I treat myself with love, I come from a perspective of love. So that's how I know I love myself. But with coming love, it's not, it's not about being all healed. It's not about like, I will never feel, do bad things to myself again. It's just more about like, when I realize I'm doing something because we're, we're all human and our brains are ingrained in old habits and especially in this society and the environment you're in, those are great influences on your mind. And honestly, the society is not that awesome of an influence right now. Um, like those things all, all affect you, but it's just a matter of when you are experiencing those things, it's how you treat yourself, you know, that actually um, can tell you if you love yourself and how much you love yourself and how you um, act on that love. And fuck, realizing that you're the safest person for yourself, not because other people are dangerous, but literally just because you love yourself so much. That's crazy. It's such a mind blow.
I actually was watching Inside Out the other day, especially after this therapy session. And normally, and I'm sure most people have this experience, Inside Out is a fucking tearjerker. I ball every single fucking time. Um, not just about like spoiler alert, by the way. Not just about Bing Bong when he when he like oh when he sacrifices himself but also like at the end the cathartic moment right when the main character well not the main character the on riley like reunites with their family and and they all come together as family total makes me cry crap out every time but you know every other time i've seen that movie i've just really related to like finding that home that's where i cry at is like that home feeling probably because that's something I've always wanted (laughs) and never really felt like I got but also because there is like so much love in that moment but coming at it now from a perspective of like being in a different place in my life and being more aware of myself and how I work and how um like oh there are so many things about that movie that I realized Every single thing that seemed like it was how do I describe this? My old coworkers used to call me sadness. <laughs> okay, I was going through a tough time. I emanated sadness all the time. I'm also like honestly personality-wise very similar to the character. Like her just like laying on the floor and being like, "Oh, dragging like and touching everything." That's me. I'm the floor person. I'm the person who lays on the floor. I'm the person who won't sit in a chair. I'm like the like kind of like the oddball. I'll just do whatever and all that stuff. And we actually kind of look alike, hairstyle, glasses, whatever, whatever. If I were, you know, a blue blob. And my other coworker at the time, who's now one of my closest friends, was always described as Joy because she was just a cool, like, bouncy, uh, bubbly person. And she hated being called Joy because she felt that that character was so, um, like, dismissive of sadness and, like, kind of pushed her aside and didn't acknowledge her. Um, was very, like, overpowering, um, which at the time, like, I, I, I totally obviously, like, understood that because that's what it seems like first glance. But watching it now, I actually got really emotional about Joy because every single thing that she did to make sure that Riley didn't feel sad, didn't feel hurt, didn't feel down, you know, it, it may have seemed like, it may have seemed like it was because Joy just wanted to be happy and not have any sadness in her life and no negativity. But honestly, it's because she didn't understand, one, the purpose of sadness, but also she loved Riley so fucking much. She this part of Riley, because that joy, again, these emotions are Riley's emotions and core, core, mem- core memories. This part of Riley loved herself so fucking much that they took steps to try to protect her by maybe covering up or pushing aside or hiding other parts of herself 
so that she could be happy. And this comes from, well, and that's the thing, though, is like, that's us. That's us as human beings. Like, as we grow in our self-awareness, you know, it's not just about as we grow as hum- from child to adult, but we are, this is the growth of our self-awareness about ourselves, right? There are many parts of us that act out or that do things that may seem regretful or harmful or doesn't make sense at the time. But our subconscious is working very hard to protect us in the only way that it understands at that moment because it loves us so much. And it's our conscious responsibility to not only learn about those things and acknowledge those things, but then also to help expand our subconsciousness and to expand our conscious awareness of ourselves because otherwise we're going to keep trying to protect ourselves from ourselves when really we need to learn how to protect ourselves from others and embrace the parts of ourselves that are trying to do that, that are trying to protect us from like being hurt. Our, our minds are in constant conflict with, with, within itself, you know? And it's because in the end, we are our worst own enemies. <laughs> we are our worst critics. And when you're your worst critic, in a world full of critics, because everyone criticizes everybody, right? Everybody has judgments against each other. That's really lonely. Like, where do you go to be safe when, when you're always trying to protect yourself from everyone, including yourself? And so it's about part of that journey of like really embracing love and having compassion and kindness towards yourself. Well, you can't, you can't have it. You can have, I guess it's easier to have those things towards other people, but to actually truly love other people unconditionally with true compassion and kindness that is encompassing. You do have to start with yourself. So then you can start with other people. Well, I guess you don't have to. Everyone's journey is different. But at some point, you want to get to the point where you can do that for everybody, including yourself, you know, whether you start with them or whether you start with yourself first. And that means taking those parts of yourself that that even though they mean well, their, their results may not be helpful for you in your life right now as who you are right now. They used to be helpful maybe in the past, but they're not anymore. And saying to them, hey, I see you. And then listening when they say why they're there, what they need, and telling them, and in turn telling yourself, I hear you and I've got you. I love you, and I'm going to take care of you. Make yourself your own safe space, your home base, so that you're rooted in yourself, and you know that no matter what happens, 
no matter where life takes you, no matter how far you go from here, no matter how things might happen to really shake you up, you always know that you can come back to your safe space and you always know that you're with your best friend who will understand and take care of you and you always know that you're home. They say home is where the heart is. Have your home start here with you, with your heart. That's what I'm learning. That's what I've learned. And now I have to start integrating that into my own daily life. You know, I'm only 32. And I my grandma has lived until she's, she's still alive. She's like 90, in her early 90s. And I'm like, oh. Well, so I'm supposed to, if I live, if I live a natural life, no, no accidents, no chronic illness, no cancer, anything like that, probably going to live around 60 more years. Fuck, that's a long time. And I'm like, if I'm at this point now in my 30s, what am I going to be like in 30 years? What am I going to do for the next 60 years? And you know what the answer to that is? I'm going to fucking live my life. I'm going to live my life. I'm so blessed and grateful and and fortunate to be here in this mental, emotional spot when I have still so much life to live. That's how I know. And that's with, with that idea in mind, like, and that's rooting in me, that's how I know, like, How do I say this? My mind tends to naturally go towards catastrophic thinking. That's that's just what it does. Um, I have to like reel myself back in, like especially when I get anxious, like anxiety tends to make me feel like I'm blocked in and like have to do it a certain way or it won't work and then I get overwhelmed and I start getting avoidant. Um and if if something, some idea is thrown at me, then I can get kind of stuck sometimes. And like the, um, the, like what the, uh, what's it called? Not the boundaries, but the parameters. Um, but like I can get stuck in like the concept, you know, like, and get very close minded with that, um, that idea. Um, and then like, and then I'll go instantly to like the worst case scenario, which, by the way, is a trait that has helped me many times. And is actually why I'm very good at problem solving and why I'm very good at planning and why I'm very good at my job. Um, well, one of the reasons. <laughs> um, it's also why I made a great stage manager when I was working in theater, because I could plan out every single possible event that could happen and plan accordingly for it just in case. Um, but my mind does go towards catastrophic thinking. And so it's always been very hard for me to think beyond, um, like the near, like I can, I can plan out like 10 years in advance. Right. But, but it's been hard for me to actually see myself living that. Um, I have a hard time. I can easily do long-term planning, but I have a hard time actually seeing myself completing those things because I'm never sure 
um, how long I would have to do live for, you know, I've always, I always thought I would, I have, I have this thing. I, I honestly always thought I had a bigger chance of dying in an accident or developing like cancer more than I did of living long time. I don't know why. I don't know what I can tell you about that, but I, that's, that's something that I just, was kind of a given in my life. So I never really thought about seeing myself in a future. And now that I am, I realize that there's no point in, in not doing it. There's no point in not doing it. There's no point in holding yourself back. There's no point in, in constantly waiting for something else to allow you the opportunity to do something you want to do. There's no point in just, sometimes there's even no point in living life just day by day. I mean, I mean, enjoy being the present, like enjoy your day to day, but, but don't stay stuck in your day to day. You know, that's not all life has for you. Life has so much more if you're willing to live it. It's so easy to to follow that that system that society ingrains in you, right? Where you go to school, get a job, build your career up, be successful, have a family, get you know all that stuff, get old, have grandchildren, get married, all that th- all those things. Um, but in that process, you know, times have changed. Times have changed where people's careers are not so consistently steady up like that anymore in a field. Um, the world in and of itself is changing, obviously. If anyone has witnessed the last two years, three years, four years, five years, can the world is, is so different now than it was fuck, since even 2016, since 2020. Um, there's just not really any point of waiting because, because what are you really waiting for? Like, if you want to go out and travel, go travel. If you want to live a different, do a different job, go do a different job. You know, if obviously like there's work that has to be put into like all these things, but like what's stopping you from just doing the work, you know? Because in the end, like, what's the point of waiting? <laughs> it's not always going to be there for you in the future. Um, even something as simple as, I grew up with, like, looking at Jessica McClintock, like, prom dresses through the shopping mall window, like, loving her dresses, thinking someday I'm going to buy one and wear one. And I, le- and I Googled it yesterday, like, randomly for no reason, and I learned that she shut down all her stores in 2013, 2016, something like that. And she died 2020. What? She was 90, though. She she died in her sleep. It was okay. But, yeah, those things aren't going to be there forever. So, if it's worth doing, if you weigh out, like, the pros and cons of, like, is this something that I energetically and financially and, mon- and like, time-wise, like, want to put effort into it, like, then go do it. Live your life. I feel like I wanted this spiel. I don't even know how I got on this topic. But 
in any case. I hope you know that wherever you are, whatever you do, whoever you find yourself to be, you're someone who's worth being proud of. And you're someone who's worth having the things that you deserve to have. And something I've realized and something I learned about in the past few weeks about the things I'm realizing for myself is that I fucking earned this. I've earned this love. I've earned this perspective. I've earned, because I've done all the fucking hard work throughout my life to get to this point. And 10 years from now, I'll have done all the work to get to that point. I'm earning my happiness. But also, I'm, I always knew that I deserved, I didn't always, but I know now that I've always deserved happiness. I just couldn't see it before. And now I'm earning it and feel like I'm actually worthy of it. pretty awesome because once you earn something once you know you earn something you know no one else can take it from you earn your life do the work but decide what you want to work for I mean then make it happen you deserve it you just need to take it it's yours Hopefully it won't be another three weeks until my next podcast. I'll try not to have it be three weeks. Um, I am glad I've had several people reach out to me this week, actually, about how they've been listening and how they have been appreciating it. And I'm so appreciative of the, of you guys who are listening. Um, I don't know who's listening, really. And uh, my analytics still say that most of my downloads come from Zimbabwe. And maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I, I do hope that, you know, you get something out of these. And whoever is meant to hear it in the world will hear it when they're ready to hear it. So don't forget do not be afraid of your presence in the world. It's a good one. I'm excited. Have a good night, good day, good morning, wherever you all are. And I will talk to you next time.